0: Welcome to the i Matter Podcast. Future proof your business, career, teams, and organization. Here's your host, Gahan Pereira.
1: Welcome to the i Matter Podcast. In this episode I interview Gary Pittad, the founder of PITAD Training, and Pitad Training is Australia's leading training and development organization in the real estate industry. So Gary and his team run a number of seminars, workshops a membership site, a number of resources for real estate agents, for principals, and for real estate businesses in general. And I invited Gary to have this conversation because although he does specialize in that industry, his ideas about marketing, social media, and leadership apply across the board. And and he's also not just another business owner or leader. As you'll hear in this conversation, he's got a real depth and wisdom, which comes from decades of experience as well as a desire for mastery in the field. Anyway, there's no point in me saying much more right now because you're just about to find out all about Gary in this conversation. Hello, this is Gihan Pereira and I'm speaking today with Gary Pittard. And Gary's a managing director of Australia's leading real estate training and development organisation. And he began a while ago in sales with Nashua. And that was at the time, there's a really competitive environment. And he's got over 30 years experience moving from business machines with Nashua into real estate. And he's been there in real estate since 1989. And, and more recently than that, he founded Pitad Training, which, um, as I said earlier, has become Australia's leading real estate sales training and development or- organization. And I came across Gary a couple of years ago when he asked me to speak at his national conference. And then we did a webinar series together and we always enjoy conversations together. And one of the things I loved, you know, conversations and by and by following his blog is that I've always always been impressed by Gary's knowledge and insights into just understanding people so it's communication influence and that's really going to um, tap into what we talk about today which is leadership and also Gary really recognizes the need to constantly innovate and grow in order to stay relevant and I'm really looking forward to this conversation today because we do get the chance to tap into some of Gary's ideas particularly around leadership. So welcome, Gary. Thank you, Gihan. So before we talk about leadership, let's look at sales and selling because I know you've got so much experience in that area. So for yourself, it must have been an interesting transition going from selling business machines and copiers at Nashua to selling real estate.
0: Yes, it was actually. When I started in real estate, I uh, I started at the bottom. I started as a real estate business owner, having never listed or sold a property in my life. I also started in the middle of the uh, of the recession of the early nineties, so as you can imagine mm. it wasn 't a, a smooth transition into real estate and i didn 't do very well i had uh, you know made a lot of mistakes uh, setting up the business uh, set up took on a lot of debt early uh, without the knowledge to list and sell so that that business wasn 't successful at all i 've often said to my clients that my education cost me five hundred and eleven thousand dollars <laughs> and uh so so I ended, up, I ended up going working in sales and learning to do the job properly, and that uh, was the best thing I ever did.
1: You've been in the business of sales and selling for quite a while, Gary, and I'm so sure that you've seen changes in the way that sales works, like what a customer is looking for, what do salespeople need to do differently. Um, what do you think have been the most significant changes that you've seen in the world of sales and selling?
0: The obvious one is the internet. Because because people buying anything now can can do a lot of research, so buyers know a lot more than they used to. Certainly, too, I've noticed that that with sales, and I can't believe we're having this conversation. Actually, that that uh, CRM databases, the importance of data these days. Mm-hmm. Yet I still find that that real estate agents we have to nag them to build a database to to build a CRM so that they can so that they can market their services to to clients with whom they they they're building a relationship. So certainly data is uh, becoming more and more important. And, uh, and of course, social media, maybe not for, for, for selling your goods, but social media. Do you remember that uh, saying, Gihan, they used to say that one dissatisfied client would tell 10 or 15 people? Mm-hmm. But with social media now, one dissatisfied client could tell a thousand people. The scale, I think, has, uh, has changed thanks to social media.
1: And the other thing is, a thousand people they're telling are exactly the sort of people who would be asking for recommendations from that person. So not only are they reaching a thousand people, but it's, making, it's damaging the reputation even more, isn't it?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, online's changed changed the game in a lot of ways. I mean, you could you could argue now that that newspapers are pretty well pretty well dead in most areas, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, most most business marketing is is online. Uh, I'm seeing real estate agents now. A lot of residential real estate agents used to want prime retail space, but a lot mm-hmm. of them now are, are are on the first floor of, of a uh, of a building, so they don't even they don't even have shop fronts. And of course, what is their shop front these days? Their shop front is their website.
1: That mm. is right, isn't it? There's so many more people going to big listing sites like Domain.com or RealEstate.com, but also going online and looking at particular agent sites.
0: Well, you, well, yeah. You see, even just uh, in the last five years, things have changed. There was, there was, for example, a lot of uh, a, a lot of. Business owners were obsessed with um, search engine optimization and then mm-hmm. that went out of fashion for a little while. but I went to a property portal conference in Singapore in May, and somebody there, uh, one of the presenters said, forget forget mobile technology being the way of the future. the future is here. and now more people are interrogating websites using mobile devices mm-hmm. and And he said that when they when they do that they don't often go into a real estate portal they'll They'll go uh, just do a do, a Google search in you know, a mm-hmm. real estate real estate ultimo, for example, mm-hmm. and and uh, they'll find either the property portal or an agent's website that way. So it's virtually search engine optimization has come full circle, thanks to mobile, thanks to the advent of uh, mobile technology.
1: Yeah. And it's like you started by saying that the, the power has shifted. So consumers and customers have the power now and they have the information. You're talking about how you're struggling yeah. to get uh, agents and salespeople to build up data and to have data to be able to, to market and build relationships. So that whole thing hasn't has changed, hasn't it? That we used to say information is power and it still is. It's just mm-hmm. that the information is now in the hands of the customer and the consumer, not in the hands of the salesperson or the business owner.
0: Oh, that's correct. I mean, you said the magic word. It was uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, business people marketed one way. You know, they put an advertisement with their message in the newspaper, and the consumer read it. So it was a one-way message, wasn't it? Really? Mm-hmm. Now, now you really do have to build. You really have to build relationships with people, and uh, and and so if you if you're on social media. Then, if, if somebody makes a comment, you really have to let them know that there is another person at the other end, and and develop a dialogue with them. Uh, online, you can't just put your message out there, uh, property for sale, and then um, and then not create and not have a two way, not encourage a two way dialogue with you with your end user. So so marketing traditionally, I've found still is old fashioned in that. People are using modern media. A lot of business people are using modern media in an old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. They just keep putting their message out there. I see real estate agents go onto Facebook, new listing. They send out a tweet to their maybe thirty followers, uh, new listing, new property for sale. But but what we say to salespeople is that if you if you want to make sales, you need to develop a relationship with the client. Sales has always been about trust. Now they say that all things being equal, people will buy from somebody they they know. All things being not quite so equal, somebody will still buy from people that they know. Mm. And and so sales has always been about developing relationships before you ever try to sell anything. And and I, and I see that modern marketing is, is the same. It's about building relations, relationships with people so that when they're ready to buy your product or your service, they'll come to you because they feel as though they know you.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that that, Gary, we seem to be talking about sales and marketing, but... You can't do those sort of changes. You can't make that sort of shift if, as unless you, pro- as leaders, and um, provide that sort of environment for salespeople to work that way. Because I can imagine that, in the olden days. The first question that a sales manager or even a principal or, or business owner would ask when a salesperson came back was to say, You know, did you get the listing? And what you're saying is, it's not only about the listing, I mean, obviously that's important, but it's also about the relationship, it's also about building trust. And if you have your sales manager or your leaders always on your back about getting listings, it must be pretty hard to go, Actually, I'm going to start thinking about building trust and relationships here.
0: Well, it's that fine balance, isn't it? You need the result because you're in sales and you're only as good as your last order but you also need you also need a pipeline of 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 future clients Mm. and this is where this is where being active in in areas such as social media is is uh over in the long term critically important to to getting your name out there and being seen as a, a trusted expert in your field i mean you taught me that gihan this is why we we wanted you to to uh, do a webinar, uh, present a webinar to our people so that they could understand more about this two-way media. I think what they do is they forget the social in social media. Mm, I agree. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's why we that's why we we uh, engaged you, an expert in the field, to to talk to our people so that so that they could grasp that concept.
1: Yeah, look. And I was attending a webinar just today, Gary, where the, this this topic came up, and you you gave the example of somebody who has a new listing, so they tweet it or post it on Facebook, and then the next level up from and and they get no results. And the next level up from that is they engage by providing valuable content, but again, maybe they get no results. And uh, this webinar presenter who was talking about social media engagement said that one of his clients came to him and said, "Look, we're doing all the right sort of things, and we're getting no replies, and we're getting no comments," and he said well, you are doing the right things, but when was the last time you went on there and how much commenting are you doing? How much are you engaging in conversations? And if you're not, then how can you expect that? You haven't really earned the right to expect that in return.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point, isn't it? It it takes two people to build a relationship and Mm -hmm. it takes a bit of effort and it takes a bit of work. And, And we're doing it to a large degree with people who initially are faceless, and so it's yes. it's quite it's quite difficult sometimes to see them not just sort of as an abstract abstract name out in the uh, out in in the cyberspace, but they are actually people that we need to engage with. But isn't it fantastic? I mean, you you put you you, uh, you actually get responses and uh, people talk to you, and uh, it's 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 very interesting I find, and it doesn't take that much time.
1: Well, actually, I was reading a blog post recently that you wrote, Gary, um, about leadership and and leading and coaching yourselves, people, and actually people in the office in general, and saying as soon as you get an online request, an online query, the first thing you should do is respond, like respond quickly, answer the query, and that will lead to them picking up the phone and calling you rather than just waiting too long. And I thought that was a really insightful, practical action idea that you gave people.
0: Well, it's, it's surface, isn't it, really? I, I was watching a documentary once, and I I, I love tea, and they, they talked about this brand of tea. So um, during the during the advertisement, went and Googled it and uh, and uh, and sent an email uh, mm-hmm. inquiring about buying this tea. And I got a, a message back from Mary Boland from uh, India. Um, by the next ad break, there was a mm-hmm. there was an email from her telling me all about it. She educated me a little bit about tea, and I bought some. And I've I've been in touch with that company ever since. So so you do appreciate a quick response, don't you? I know I do.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as you say, again, there's a balance, isn't there? Like how can you respond to things instantly and still get everything else done? Like do you constantly have to be sitting there waiting for... Um, yeah, just sitting there by your computer waiting for the queries to come in.
0: Yeah, well, I manage all, well, when I say I manage my own social media, I've certainly got people that, that, that help me with things such as they say, oh, this profile's getting a bit out of date or they point things out like that. But my responses, my responses to people are all, are all done by me. Um, I, I spend, um, I spend maybe 10 minutes on it every morning and, uh, and, uh, uh, maybe ten minutes in the middle of the day, and ten minutes at the end of the day, and that usually that usually takes that usually takes care of it. Um, just uh, just respond to certain things here and there. You see, the beauty is it comes to your phone as well, doesn't it? So you mm-hmm. know if there's something that needs attention, and uh, I just get to it at some point. To me, it's just uh, it, it's just more correspondence, and, uh, and I just handle that at certain times of the day. And, uh, I just include social media in that, but I've never found it to be, maybe I'm just not very popular and so I haven't got much <laughs> to do, but, but, but I've never found it to be too much of a hardship to, to do it yourself. And then what you're doing is you're giving your own responses and, uh, and so you're responsible for what you say, but you know what's been said. And, um, and, uh, I just find it, it's not that hard to manage.
1: Yeah, well, I think you're selling yourself a bit short, Gary, because uh, I'll say two things on that. So one is that you're very responsive, so you respond pretty quickly. And I've been surprised sometimes at how quickly I send you an email and get a response. But the second thing is that as a leader... You're embracing the idea of social media rather than saying, Oh, no, no, this is just for the Gen Y's or the Gen Z's. Um, this is something that, uh, I'll never learn. I don't want to learn. It's, um, I've got my old web building relationships, which is over handshakes and, um, catching up with people for a, for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or beer. Um, you've decided that you're going to embrace that. The idea of social media and some of these new technologies, it, which not only means that you seem more responsive, but it also means that other people in your organization see that the leadership, the people in leadership positions are also embracing the idea, so they're more likely to do it themselves.
0: We well, see, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, so I'm 60, I'm 62, mm-hmm. and it's very easy, it's very easy for, for somebody in my, in, in, of my generation to look at something and say, I know that's a, that's a toy that Mm -hmm. won't work. Mm -hmm. And what I've tried to do over, over the last, over the last 10 years is, is don't say, don't say no. Don't be so quick to say no. And don't be so quick to say yes either. Just say maybe and do some more investigation. And, um, and when I see i've got a, a daughter gen generation x she's uh, she's exceptionally good with machines computers uh, i've got a, a son and and his partner and uh, everything they do they do with mobile phones and you can see the difference in those two generations but mm-hmm. when you talk to them you know they they tell you a lot of things and I just find them incredibly i just find them incredibly interesting so i i, I don't i don't jump at the i don't jump at the first thing for example i'm not a- active uh on um, on um, in Instagram or, or Pinterest. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe that my market is there. But, but I, uh, I I'm very active in, in the areas where, where I believe, I, I believe real estate agents might be. And, uh, and, uh, and I just learned a lot from generations X and Y. I just don't just, I just don't jump in and judge, no, that's a toy, that won't work. Or jump in, yeah, that's fantastic and go off on some fad. I just sort of watch it a little bit and ask a bit of questions and, and, um, and try it out and then try and at least try to have an informed opinion.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of really interesting things you said there, Gary. So one is, like, you're just reminding me that there's so many people who are baby boomers who will quite happily and proudly talk about how they ask their grandson or granddaughter to install an app on their iPad or show them how to do, with, to do something with their phone, and yet they wouldn't do that in the workplace. They wouldn't go to the, the Gen Ys. And say, look, can you show me how to do this? Uh, And yet they're quite happy to do it at home. And in fact, they boast about it. And the second thing is, I think it's really interesting that you said that you don't, you don't say no to things straight away, which is good, but you also don't say yes to things straight away. I I think both of those things are really interesting. I want, I wonder whether you think there's a reason that uh, people don't necessarily go and do what, what I call reverse mentoring, which is ask the the younger people, the more tech savvy people for advice uh, in the workplace.
0: I don't, speaking, speaking for somebody in my generation, you often, you can tend to think, oh, they're kids. Mm. Um, but, but you know, I mean, I, I, look at, I look at Generation Y and I, and I hear what people say about them and I say, hear them say, oh, you know, they want to start at the top and they, they won't stay at a job for very long and, um, you know, that, that, uh, they don't focus and all, all these different things. But I but I ask the question: Who is more likely to to go and and work for nothing in an orphanage in Indonesia? Mm -hmm. And it's Gen Y, not a baby boomer. And and I think they've got a a wonderful social conscience. And I've got to say, I I think the world's in in going to be in very very good hands when Generation Y takes over. So um, and if anyone's going to save this planet, and I think it will be Generation Mm -hmm. Y. But um, but so there's a tendency though to think there's a tendency to think that. That uh, that are oh, they're, they're young and they're kids and, and and what have they got to to offer? But look at what's come out. Where did where did crowdfunding come from? I think that is one of the most amazing social exercises in the twenty first century. You know, crowdfunding. I just think mm-hmm. who would who would have thought? I, I would never have thought to go to a whole lot of people to get to get funding to 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 start off a venture. I would never have thought. My 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 thinking is you go to the bank. And uh, or you say about the money, but, but crowdfunding, and you look at some of these other, you look at some of these other things, and I just think this is a very very exciting generation. And um, and when I spend time with them, I, I love, I love that the, they expect things to be good. And people say, oh, that's because they've never known tough times. Mm. Well, I hope they never do. Mm, I agree. You know, yeah, if they don't know, if they haven't known tough times, well, well, good. You know, and um, but I just love their sense of they expect life to be good, and they and they enjoy life. And and why do they why do they not stay in in, in some companies? Well, I think I, I don't think that it's because they're job hoppers. I think it's because they're discerning. Perhaps they're looking for a good leader. Perhaps perhaps they're looking for a challenge. Perhaps they're, perhaps they're looking for interesting work. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I think our challenge as a leader, if we have a generation, if we have Generation Wise, is to keep them interesting. And, and I tell you what, I've got, I've got a couple, I've got a, a few in my company, and you let them loose on a project, and they they give you they give me a, a slant that I would not have thought of, and you look at it and you think, you know, they, they're onto something. So I don't know. I listen to Gen Y, I listen to Gen X, and I think they've got a they've got a lot to offer.
1: Yeah, I agree. In fact, my partner, Nikki, uh, her son is 13, Josh. And Mm -hmm. uh, I catch up with him every month or so. And it costs me a a milkshake, chocolate milkshake. And we sit down and he shows me what's new on the the latest apps that he's using at school. He shows me uh, the FIFA World Cup um, Xbox game that he's playing. And uh, he just He's my mentor in those sort of things, and I'm pretty savvy with technology, but it's still amazing to get somebody else's insight, and I'm very happy to do that because it does show me things that are outside my, even my little world.
0: Oh look! They, yeah, they come up with all sorts of things, and they never cease never cease to amaze me. They're, and uh, you know, I've got grandchildren now. You just see them with their iPads, and they just they just whizzes. But all sorts of uh, all sorts of apps that that I'd look at and think, "Yeah, I might uh, this take a bit of figuring out." But there, there, there they are. They're they're right into it. They enter their parents' password and, yes, and buy yeah. online purchases.
1: <laughs> you know, think yeah, the child six. So uh, how do you convince people who are perhaps baby boomers or Gen Xers and they have that attitude that, no, I'm older, therefore I must be smarter and wiser than these people? How do you convince them that, you know, maybe you can let go of that and maybe there's some things that you know through your experience that are valuable for them to know? But equally, there are things that they know that could be really valuable for you. How do you get them to take that first step?
0: I suppose I I think probably a great leadership attribute, and I'm not saying that, that I have it, and I try to have it, but is is humility, mm. and uh, and you know just to say I was wrong, no, that was my fault, and um and when somebody comes to you with, with a suggestion to try and give them an environment where they feel as though their suggestion has at least been listened to, you might not you might not take action on that suggestion, but just to, at least the fact that we've shown the respect to listen to them, and so I try to say, tell me more, mm-hmm. you now tell me more. Why do you think that? And and really, really, Gihan, that's that's the essence of sales. We're taught as as salespeople, to ask questions, and uh, and I just find that sometimes a good practice to get into is to ask some more questions rather than to be quick to play boss and and come down with a judgment or, or a decision. Mm-hmm. And um and it's hard to do. I've got to say, it's it, it's. Is why I say I'm not f- for a second claiming to be perfect at it, but I do consciously try to to do that in, in with my company.
1: Okay, what do you do if you know that the path that they've suggested is actually a bad path? You know, it's going to lead to some problems. I can understand if you say, "Oh, it's only, you know, I could have done better," but what they've done is okay. You go with that. But what if you know that they're they're going to make a mess of things and it could damage them and maybe even your reputation? How do you handle that?
0: Well, again, you can come back to you can come back with questions, and you say, and you can say to them, "Well, you okay, play devil's advocate. Say, so, mm-hmm. well, I could, what would happen if this happened? Well, could that lead us leave us open to to damage in the marketplace? Do you think that that's a risk worth taking?" Um, look, it's like I say. Sometimes I say, "Look, really, I, I we've, we we have tried that in a various format. Let me tell you why I don't think that would work. But that's not the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, the best way to do it really is to is to just." Tease it out of them, and it was the—they call it the Socratic method of teaching—to um, ask questions and lead and uh, lead a person to the understanding that you want them to—you you want them to reach. And uh, so, if, if the idea is, is is a downright dumb one, mm-hmm. you, you still have to draw it along and say, "Well, okay, but what if this happened? Well, mm-hmm. could, do you think that that could lead to that? And that would would that be acceptable? And eventually, they do arrive at the understanding. And even if they don't, you say, "Look, do, do you mind if I just..." Say why, and I don't want to be negative, but I, the reason I don't believe that would work is this. And then you have a, a conversation, a discussion. Mm. And, and, um, at least if you do that, I, I think the best that we, I think at least the least that we can do is to make them feel heard and, and make, and let them know that, that the environment is safe for them to, to make suggestions. And even, and even whether you're going to action it or not, at least let them know that you appreciate the suggestion and please come to me with more. I think that's the least that we can do.
1: Yeah. And as you were speaking there, Gary, it just made me think that, yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? You n- it's never say, uh, you're not going to say, you can never tell people that's a dumb idea. It's just a question of how much. And, uh, you know, if, if, as you say, you create the environment. So it's like that 80 20 rule. If 80% of the time people feel that it's safe, that they're valued, that their ideas are going to be at least considered. Uh, yeah. If not embrace, then it's okay to sometimes tell them they make a mistake. I, you know, I heard somebody, a parenting expert, say, uh, you know, some, pe- some people will say you should never shout at your kids. But if they're going to put their hand on a hot stove or they're going to run out into the street in front of traffic, of course you shout at them. It's yeah. not to say that rule, you should never shout at your kid, is 100% of the time. It's just that most of the time they realize that they're going to be in a safe, nurturing environment. And sometimes it is appropriate to break what- that rule.
0: That's it. And sometimes it's appropriate just to be human. I mean, mm-hmm. you're tired sometimes. They're driving you up the wall. It's been a long day mm-hmm. and you shout at them. You can, uh, you can go back and apologize. And, uh, and as long as you do, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to be human. I mean, we, there's no such thing as a perfect leader and uh, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. And every now and then we lose it. It might, I mean, I'll give you just a, an example. I was asked, I, I was asked for, for something for tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So tomorrow at 10 o'clock, it'll be well and truly ready. But I was asked if I could have it now when everybody knew that I was going to be coming and talking to you Mm. 10 minutes before they asked me if I could have that. You just Mm. want to, you just really feel like saying, now, hang on a second. You know what I'm going to be doing in 10 minutes time. I don't have time for this now. But, um, but, you know, I just said, look, um, I haven't got time for this now. Can, you know, is it okay? We said 10 o'clock tomorrow. I'll have it well and truly ready, e- even by nine, if you like. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you don't end up, you, you know, and these are only little things, but it's enough of those little things, Gihan, that, that can turn you into, you can have your people think that you're a tyrant. And I, and I, and I think we've got to, I think we've just got to let them know that not just tell them how valued they are, we have to show them how valued mm-hmm. they are. And uh, and uh, because I've got to say that, that from a leadership perspective, having a good team of people, it's 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 not only it's not only changes your business, it changes your life. Now the people on my team now, they're um they I, I wouldn't swap any one of them. I, I wouldn't trade any of them. And, and and that's not to say that we're not perfect. I mean we've got we've got a a, a a pretty big challenge in front of us at the moment, which which was a mistake that somebody made and i just said to and i said to this person you've made a mistake here and and uh and i'm not going to say that it's not a big one it is but you make mistakes i make mistakes nobody gets nailed to the wall what we have to do now is fix this mm-hmm. and but i said to him on friday listen don't let this ruin your weekend it's happened we'll sort it out and um and i think that that's uh certainly certainly i i took the opportunity to suggest that that w- this is why i don't want I want everybody working on what they're good at and minding their own business, apart from with other people's departments. But but we all make mistakes, and that's just the way it is. And um, and and uh, and quietly you can go away and fume, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but but nobody feels threatened because Gihan, I've I've made plenty of mistakes. I could probably think of I could think of plenty that I've made this year so far. That's just the way it goes. We just have to. Find a way to fix the problem the, the, the problems that inevitably inevitably occur but but if you 've got good people you 're going to have fewer problems i think
1: mm. it 's really interesting Gary, just listening to you you 're speaking from a place of real wisdom as it 's not just experience but it 's what you 've learned through those experiences, and uh, you know most examples you 've given have been about your own team, but I know that you in your organization like you personally would have coached and mentored dozens hundreds of leaders in their businesses as well and i'm just wondering i'm just curious to know is there something that you find that there are leaders who perhaps haven't quite grasped the idea yet and haven't quite got it you know in their in their genes in their dna and then suddenly they get it is there something that you found where suddenly there's a switch or is it something that happens over time is it something due to them just trying a few things out and Getting the results. What, what do you think? What do you think they need to do?
0: I think first of all, you know, this is this gets thrown around a lot, and it's it's called vision. B- business owners think about vision. And they think, oh, that, that's all right for say someone like Gandhi or, or, or leaders of that. Ilk. But but uh, you know, I've, I've just got a little company, and all I want to do is is make a bit of money, and and uh, and so 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 they don't. So they they seem to discard vision. But the fact is when you you can call yourself a, a CEO or a managing director but if if you have a company and even if it 's only you and one receptionist, you are a leader okay and and um and and leadership is not a title, so you won 't get respect from people by just saying oh i 'm the boss you you have to earn their respect in the same way that they have to earn yours. So, so this vision thing, I, I think people just tend to think, oh yeah, it's, you know, that old chestnut, you know, and they, and then the, what they do is they go about the day to day busyness of running their company. Mm. But, but, but where are you taking your company? I believe that you've got to know that. I mean, whether your company is just you and one other person, whether that company is, is just right at the moment, you on your own, where are you going? And I really believe that, that a vision for the company, is, is critically important. We started to crystallize our vision when we said th- that um, that our primary our primary reason for being is to help people survive and thrive in the real estate industry, to make high profits and make high incomes, but to be proud of how they did it. and, um, and our company Pittard and, and uh, our tagline is uh, people profit and purpose. And and uh, we think we've got the order right. You know that, that people first, helping people to make profit and helping them to see purpose in in their businesses and in their lives. That 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 really is is where we see ourselves as as a as a company, helping our clients to achieve that. And and when we started to when we started to clarify our reason for being, then we could start to build our company around it. Gihan. and and, and look, I stumble stumbled across this. I, I I've heard of the importance of vision. But when we started to clarify our own vision, I could start to see how we wanted to do it. So at Pittard, what I wanted to have was I didn't want to be the only speaker delivering seminars at our, at, our, at our company. So what I wanted to do was I had this vision of having a depth and a breadth of speakers so that when people came to a seminar, they weren't sure who they were going to get, but they were delighted with whomever, whomever presented to them. And so I've got this range of speakers now: some generations X, Ys, males and females, male and female speakers, that can step in and do different presentations. And so people aren't listening to me speaking all the time. And um and when I saw that when I saw that starting to evolve, I got the enjoyment from seeing from reading evaluation sheets from our audiences saying this is fantastic. You know, the best seminar I've ever been to and uh And I wasn't speaking at it and and you look at that and you think that's that's what I think a leader a, a leader should be not to be everything and say "Oh gee poor me look you know are oh, they they like these people better than me no they they our audience people who paid to attend our seminars thought that that was the best seminar they ever saw from a leadership perspective. I can look at that and feel very very proud of the people who delivered that talk and uh and uh, and so this is this is to be able to stand back and and try and drive your company in that direction only came with, with a vision. What, what is our reason for being as a company? So anybody that owns a company, we have to decide, I believe, where are we taking it? What do you want that company to be? And you've got to have that picture in your mind. And look, that could be a simple picture, I think. Just, um, you know, you want a company that, that, that provides well for your family and that is seen as, as being the best in its field. I mean, it, it could be something as simple as that, but then you've got to quantify what is the best. And uh, what does the best mean to you? And this is where your values as a business person and, and as a human being come into it as well. I think companies are very much – we, we build them in our own image, really, I think. Mm. Well, I think business is that personal.
1: And it's become more so now, hasn't it, Gary, that uh, previously the, the I mean, brands are still important and the, the organization is important. But more and more now, especially with social media, even if you're in business, you expect to show a little bit of your personality.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evidence that, that, um, marketing people I've, I've spoken to have, have, uh, have shown me, and they're, and they're saying that people, there's a tendency for people to move away from these big companies. So even within real estate, there's a tendency for people to move away from franchises now. And, um, and there's often sometimes even suspicion of some of the big companies with some generations. And so they'd much rather deal with a, with a company that they see has a bit of soul and character than just somebody that's got a big brand name. Mm. And uh, and and I think we could. I, I think although although they were a big company, Apple uh, Apple was Steve Jobs, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And mm. people were buying a lot because of uh, because they knew that Steve Jobs was driving the company.
0: That's right. Yeah. And um and now it's very it's interesting. I read something the other day that said uh, Apple runs the risk of being of becoming the uh, the establishment.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They mm. were always the mavericks, and mm. now they've become the mainstream, haven't they?
0: Well, yeah, they're, they're saying that that is one of the risks that Apple has to face and perhaps that's where it might be time for a reinvention at some point further down the track. I don't know. They make a lot more money than me. They're a lot smarter than me, so I'll <laughs> leave that to them.
1: <laughs> Gary, we've talked about so many things and there's still so many other things we could talk about. Um, I know there are people who'd love to get in touch with you and they've just got a little glimpse, or a little taste of what you're like as a leader, as a coach, as a mentor. Um, what sort of people and organizations do you like to work with, you and the Pithead training group? And how do people get in touch with you?
0: We are a training company specifically for uh, real estate agents, hunt So we, so we deal with real estate business owners and the salespeople working within those businesses. Um, so, so, so we've, we've got a, we're very specialized in, in real estate training. But, um, so, we, but having said that, if, um, if anybody's looking for good trainers, you know, I'd certainly, um, I'd be certainly happy to, um, pass them on. If I know of anybody, well, I know of lots of good trainers. We've had them speak at our seminars over the years, people mm-hmm. like you, Gihan, Matt Church. Um, so, you know, I had somebody recently that uh, that was a little bit out of our field, so I referred them on to somebody else. But um, there's a lot of good trainers out there. We're, we're bringing out Dr. Dennis Waitley to speak at our ah, leadership fantastic. conference. Wow, mm.
1: that's a real cool.
0: Well, yeah, it's in, uh, it's in June. And... Um, we're uh, we're we're so pleased with that. Yeah, it, it's sort of like <laughs> it's sort of like having Michael Bublé come and uh, come and uh, <laughs> sing at your birthday party, as far as I could see. But, uh, so we're very excited about that. So we're 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 always looking for good people to come and and speak to to our clients. But um, but our so if anybody is looking for anybody, be, certainly if we if we know of anybody, we'd certainly be happy to refer them. But real estate business owners and salespeople working in those offices—that's who we deal with—and. uh um our website is piddard.com.au. Uh, if you google gary pidard gary with one r you'd find me pretty easily or um our telephone number is um is uh, australia 02 8217 8500
1: yeah fantastic thanks so much gary thank you so much for your for your wisdom and your insights and for the time that you've shared here um, it's been fantastic any last words
0: yeah i i suppose it'd be um it'd be vision in people you know know where you're taking your company and um, my recommendation would be then find the best people that you can possibly find and, and then look after them. The, I really believe that the highest calling of leadership is to bring out the best in your people. If you, if you start with the right people, it makes the job of bringing out the best in them that much easier, I think.
1: Gary Pittad, thanks very much.
0: Thank you, Gihan.
1: So weren't there some great insights and wisdom from Gary? I hope you picked up a lot there. I must admit that the conversation went in a number of different directions that I hadn't quite expected because I thought we would be talking only about leadership. But I was really pleased that Gary also shared his ideas about social media, about marketing, and even some innovative business ideas like crowdfunding. And I I hope you really got as much value from the conversation as I did. And as Gary said, he specializes in the real estate industry. So if you're in that industry and you want some of his help, you're in luck. Just check out pitad.com.au. That's au but i think even if you're not in real estate but you just want to connect with him maybe to thank him for his ideas here or to start a conversation then you can find him there at pitad.com.au or just search for gary on linkedin so there's gary one r and pitad with two t's <music> I hope you enjoyed the podcast and found something valuable for your personal and your professional life. And if you did get some value from it, I'd love it if you could do me a favor and give me a review and a rating in the iTunes store, and that helps to promote it to other people as well. And if you want me to share ideas like this live at your next conference, check out my speaking topics at kehanpereira.com. You can also find out about my mentoring programs if you're interested in one-on-one work for yourself or your teams. And I also run a membership site for leaders to help with creating an online footprint for marketing a business, for getting things done in a chaotic world, and for delivering more magnetic messages. You can find out more at eGurus.info. That's E-G-U-R-U-S.info. And if you do want to engage with me in other ways, again, go to gihanperera.com, where you can find my blog, my newsletter, my podcast, videos, and webinar series. They're all free, and they're all designed to help you leverage the potential of the individuals in your organization, your team, and, of course, your own potential as well. This is Gihan Pereira. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to the I Matter Podcast. To subscribe, read the show notes, or leave your comments, visit imatterpodcast.com. And remember, great minds don't think alike.